0: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. On today's show, I'm talking again about spiritual warfare, but I'm talking specifically about sexual warfare, how Satan attacks people, everyone sexually, and how we can overcome him. I'm also talking about troubling decisions from the Biden administration in the last week regarding Israel. I'll also be answering questions about the mark of the beast, about the rapture, and did the Watchers help Noah build the ark? I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. I'm glad that you tuned in today and I want to talk about this issue of sexual warfare, helping you to understand since the very beginning how Satan has attacked humanity and how we can all overcome him, especially in the world that we're living in today. We can understand that the world is under sexual assault and we as believers need to stand in this very evil day. Let me say we do have a vision retreat guidebook. I mentioned it on the last show. If you're a married couple or even if you're getting married, You need to have a vision retreat we've been telling people for many years how to have vision retreats this will help you through the entire process of having your vision retreat and so if you're interested in this uh, you can go on visionretreat.com and you can put in the promo code vision and you get seven dollars off so this is something if you're interested it really will bless your marriage take it to the next level so let me talk this issue of sexual warfare about spiritual warfare sexually Now I've talked in the last program about Satan's secret weapon. Let me just remind you, Satan's secret weapon is stealth. In the Garden of Eden, Satan took the form of a serpent and what makes serpents deadly is stealth. You don't know they're there. They sneak up on you. The devil does not want you to know that he's around. He wants to come in and do everything that he does in your life without your knowledge. He slithers in, does his work, and slithers out. And I use several examples. I use the example of anger. Ephesians 4 says, be angry, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give foothold to the devil, Diablos, the slanderer. When you go to bed on anger, the devil slithers in. He slanders your spouse. He slanders your friends. He slanders your family to you. He slithers out and now all of a sudden you've got all this stuff in your head that came from the devil and you don't even know it. I talked about fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear comes, a spirit of fear comes into our lives and wants us to believe that we are fearful, that this is our fear. And this is why people stay in bondage to fear is because they don't realize this isn't my fear. This is actually the devil doing something in my life by stealth, okay? but let me give you another example and this is sex. Now, this is the Garden of Eden. Remember that Jesus in Luke 17, He said that when He came, it would be like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot. Well, in the days of Noah in Genesis 6, it says the world was sexually corrupted and full of violence. In the days of Lot, of course, we know he lived in Sodom and Gomorrah and there was rampant immorality in Sodom and Gomorrah. So sexual immorality is one of the major signs of the end times and you can check that box. We live in the most sexually immoral world in the history of the world. There's never been a world like this with the worldwide pornography and all the other stuff that's going on. But let me go back to Genesis 3 and I want you to see now something very important in Scripture We're talking about stealth and we're talking about sexual attacks of the devil on human beings that are taking place all day long, every day, all over the world and no one's immune from this, okay? But there's a way that you can overcome. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more cunning. He was more crafty. He was more stealthy. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said... You shall not eat from every tree of the garden. And I just want to remind you, the first thing that Satan ever said to man was, God's a liar. Has God really said this? Okay. Uh, and the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die. God's a liar. He lied to you. For God knows in the day that you will eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, God is the the God who made you perfect in paradise is oppressing you. Good sales job here. She's perfect. She has a perfect body that would live forever if she didn't sin. And now all of a sudden, Satan's accusing God of of putting her and Adam down. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat of it? So let me go here and say this is an attack of the devil, stealthy, he comes in the form of a serpent, he's cunning, and he slithers in and begins to lie to Eve and and to Adam indirectly. He begins to lie. I don't believe the devil wanted Eve to pay attention to himself. He wanted Eve to pay attention to the tree, the tree that God had forbidden them to eat from. Okay, it was the only prohibition that God had given them in all of life was you can't eat that tree over there but the devil comes calls God a liar you can eat the tree that tree if you want to so they ate and then they knew they were naked now in Genesis 2:25 it says that God made them naked they were both naked the man and his wife and there was not they were not ashamed God made us with a glorious sexuality and God God is not ashamed of it and he didn't want us to be ashamed of it but when Adam and Eve sinned they became ashamed of their sexuality and they began to hide their sexual parts with fig leaves. Okay? Then God finds Adam and says, Adam, what is this that you've done? And Adam said, I was afraid. I was afraid of you okay, because I was naked. And the Lord said, who told you that? Now let me, something very important here, God never asks a question to get an answer. God is omniscient, he knows everything. And then he says to Adam, did you eat that fruit over there? Okay. Of course, God knew that they ate the fruit. When God asked Adam, Who told you you were naked? Let me tell you, let me say this another way. Adam, when you sinned, you rejected my word. Remember, this is the sword of the Spirit. This protects us from the devil. When Jesus was attacked by Satan himself in the wilderness, as recorded in Matthew 4 and Luke chapter 4, three times when Satan attacked him with lies and half-truths, Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. This is nuclear in the spirit realm. The Word of God is nuclear. This is the sword of the spirit. This is what the devil fears is the Word of God. The very first thing that Satan did when he came into the garden was disarm Adam and Eve. He can't defeat you till he disarms you. He has to get the Word away from you. And when you reject the Word of God, you're absolutely defenseless against his lies. Here's an example. When they rejected God's word, Satan spoke into their spirits without their knowledge. Adam didn't know. Adam did not know where this thought came from. He said, I was ashamed because I was naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? God's not asking a question to get an answer. What God's trying to say to Adam is, Adam, when you rejected my word, you opened your spirit up to that devil, that serpent over there, and he whispered into your soul that you're sexually defective. The very first thing that Satan did to a human being was attack their sexuality. And you say, well, why in the world would Satan attack their spirituality or their sexuality? Your sexuality is your game set and match. And I want to take you back now to Genesis 1. You say, what's the big deal about sex? Why is Satan so interested in sex? Let me read Genesis 1 to you. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over over the earth, and every uh, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that lives on the earth. Okay, so... I want, I want to take you to the big story of the Bible. Okay, now, you know, many times we're reading the Bible and we get into the details of the Bible which are, are all very important, but we forget the big story. Let me tell you the big story of the Bible. God wants a family. That's the story of the entire Bible. God wants a fa- The only thing that God gets out of all of creation is a family for Himself. And God came in the Garden of Eden with a man and a woman, yoked together in marriage, And he said to them, I want you to have sex. I want you to multiply. And I want you to fill the earth with people in my image. He made them in his image. Adam and Eve were image bearers of God to their children. And God made them to procreate and to fill the earth and to subdue it. That is what God wanted. You say, well, Jimmy, how do you know that all God wants is a family? Because that's all he gets at the end of human history. The Bible matches Genesis is a book where God was living in paradise with Adam and Eve, okay, to start a family. In Revelation 21 and 22, God is in paradise, the father's house, the new Jerusalem, living with his family for all of eternity. That's all God gets. Out of all the heartache, out of everything that God has gone through in all of eternity, okay, in all of human history, the only thing he wants is a family for himself in his image, a righteous family, in his image. Let me tell you how I know that God wants a family. Because even after the fall, He sent His only begotten Son to redeem mankind. Romans 8 says, we have received now the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. We have been adopted through Jesus Christ and through His blood. We have been adopted now into the family of God and we will be a part of that family forever. God wants a family so much He was willing to give the life of His only begotten Son to get that family. That's all God gets. And so in Genesis chapter 1, God says to Adam and Eve, you're made in my image. Your image bears now to your children, and I want you to fill the earth with a family for me, okay? Enter Satan. Genesis chapter 3, he knows now that human sexuality is the key to God's dream being fulfilled. Human sexuality is going to fill the earth with righteous people made in the image of God that will be a family for God. But I want to remind you of something else. Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 both tell the story of Lucifer. Lucifer was a covering cherub. He was a worship leader in heaven. And he became jealous of God. And he said, I will be like God. I will set my throne above his throne in the recesses of the north. I will do this, and he begins to exalt himself and then God rejected him and threw him away, but he took a third of the angels in heaven with him. He was so glorious and so powerful. He took a third of the angels with him. Satan is on a, uh, a, a warfare front with God because Satan also wants a family in his image. He hates marriage because marriage causes us to act like God. Marriage causes us to be faithful and to be, uh, and to be sexually pure and to be selfless and to be servants. Marriage yokes people together to have children that they stay together and raise so those are righteous children that they can teach them about God and they grow up and serve God. Not that every married couple does that, but that was the purpose of marriage in the very beginning. Satan hates marriage. He hates human sexuality the way that God designed it. So what Satan began to do in Genesis 3 is he came and corrupted Adam and Eve sexually And by Genesis 6, three chapters later, the world was full of sexual immorality the way that it is right now. So there is a sexual battle to this day that is between God and Satan. And here's where the battle started. This is Genesis 3. Listen again to the issue of sex here. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, more than any beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, listen, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise, uh, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel." There's a seed war. From the very beginning, God is saying here, your seed is going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. This is, of course, talking about Jesus, the ultimate seed and see, when you talk about the giants, it says in Genesis 6, where it says the world was full of immorality and corruption, it says the giants were in the world at that time and afterwards also, before and after the flood. The word giant there is the word Nephilim, it means fallen ones, the fallen angels. The fallen angels who came down, mated with human women and, and uh, filled the earth or filled the lot of the earth with giants, they were huge people that God utterly destroyed in the flood and afterwards he utterly destroyed through the children of Israel. God absolutely hated the giants. You say, why did God hate the giants? Because it was a corrupted seed. It was fallen angels that came down and mated with human women. But Jesus Christ came and see the ultimate purpose of all of that was to keep a Messiah from coming. See, it says that Noah was righteous in his generation. It says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but he was perfect in his generations. The word perfect there means genetically perfect. Noah and his family had not been spoiled. The seed of Noah was still a righteous seed from the bloodline of Adam, not the bloodline of the, of the uh, fallen angels. And so God destroyed all the, the fallen angels uh, through Noah and his family, populated the earth again, and then here comes the seed war again. Jesus crushed the head of Satan. He came as the Messiah. And both Matthew and Luke both give us the genealogies of Jesus. Uh, all the way back to Adam, in one case there. And so we see the genealogy of Jesus all the way from Adam, an unpolluted bloodline. This is the seed war. Well, what's Satan up to today? Well, we see that there are chimeras, uh, human-animal hybrids all over the world, in, in labs all over the world, United States, China, Britain, many people are doing this, many scientists are doing this. This is the human seed mixed with animal seed. We see transhumanism where they're now trying to enhance humans in that way. But we see rampant sexual immorality. And what Satan has done, the big picture is God wants a family for Himself. It's the purpose of marriage. It's the purpose why we reserve sex for marriage. It's the purpose why we raise our children in that environment and teach them the ways of the Lord. Is because our sexuality was created to glorify God and to build a family for Him. That's the purpose. That's the big picture of the Bible. Satan doesn't want that. He's in competition with God. So since Genesis chapter 3, like a serpent, stealthily, he has come and attacked people. Now I'm going to continue this series on sexual warfare in the next Tipping Point show, but I want to say this. There are people all over the world right now who are absolutely deceived sexually, and I was too. I'm going to share my testimony with you about how I came to Jesus and my life of immorality before that. There are many people that are completely deceived. They need compassion, but they need the truth. And I'm gonna talk to you about how we can confront compassionately, but courageously, we can confront the lies of our society and that we can stand for Jesus in this fallen world and at the same time reach people who are sexually deceived. When someone tells me, you know, they, they say, well, I'm a man in a woman's body or woman in a man's body or I'm born this way, whatever. I believe they believe that. I mean, I feel sorry for them. I have tremendous compassion for those people. But there's two extremes. And one extreme is a hellfire brimstone, reject them and attack them extreme. And the other is just to agree with them. I'm not gonna do either one. I'm not gonna attack them but I'm not gonna agree with them. And I'm gonna teach you how we can make a compassionate and courageous response to the world that we're living in, the sexually immoral world we're living in today. But first of all, it comes to us taking up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, not letting go of it, using this against the devil when he comes and tries to deceive us about ourselves sexually and more than anything else that we dedicate our sexuality to the glory of God. We're all imperfect, we're all fallen, we live in a fallen world but we can dedicate ourselves sexually to the glory of God and that is what honors God and that's what gives him what he wants the most and that is a family in his image that he can live with for all of eternity. Now if you're not a subscriber, I'm going to say goodbye to you because the next part of the program is for subscribers only, but I want you to subscribe to endtimes.com, $7 a month, $77 a year. I'd love to have you as a subscriber. We're gonna be talking now about the Biden administration's decisions regarding Israel, the mark of the beast, the rapture, and did the watchers, the fallen angels, help Noah build the ark, okay? So I'll see you if you're not a subscriber. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned.